new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale loan to the public, go to RMFP.com. Terry, today's press conference with the new ownership. The word historic was said over and over again. I think it is hard to argue. This is only the fourth ownership, I believe, in Broncos history. Let's get right to it with the lead. <laughs> The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Well, for lack of a better phrase, everybody who's on the dais except for Sir Lewis Hamilton. It was Rob Walton, Greg Penner, his lovely wife, Mrs. Penner. Uh, okay. What? Carrie Walton Penner. Well, does she go by Carrie, Carrie Penner or Carrie Walton Penner? I don't know. Okay. I've seen both. All right. So, Carrie Walton-Penner, Condoleezza Rice, and Melody Hobson. Uh, the way the press conference went today, to say the least, I think it was efficient. It was very businesslike. It didn't last that long. Pretty, any much, pretty much anybody who wanted to ask a question got a chance to ask a question. With that, what were your overall impressions? The initial impression of the, abs- of the essential news conference was that it was very, very effective. Uh, it, and it professional touched all the bases. I could hear the check marks going off as each one spoke. And I really think it was really well done in that sense. And they were very clear that they didn't want anybody getting up there and delivering a filibuster. Just make some highlight statements about your affection for this move and your, uh, your, uh, how thrilled you are with the involvement. I think they all did a very good job of that before turning it back over to Greg Panner, who clearly will be the spokesperson for the franchise. My impressions, I don't want to say were different than some people. Again, the word I would use is efficient as much as anything else. I think it was very businesslike, starting with Rob Walton. Uh, He said the right things, but there wasn't that enthusiasm that I was hoping to get. It's a business. Okay. Carrie Carrie Walton-Penner herself said it's a learning opportunity, and they're in the sports business. I, got, I thought that was a very revealing statement. That's, that's a very honest and forthright statement in which he's basically saying, we're going to be learning as we go. And Joe Ellis, I thought it was great that Joe Ellis was there. Uh, it was a very nice transition before the press conference started. I wondered who was going to MC it, who was going to be the first one up, and it was Dave Logan. And I thought he was a very appropriate pick. With that, with Rob Walton, he said all of the right things. I believe what he said. They honored Bolin and they thanked Ellis first and foremost. There's a difference between saying we're very excited to be the new owners of the Broncos and saying we are really excited. I guess the other word I would add would be perfunctory. It was almost like it was perfunctory. They were going through not the motions, but especially on on the Walton Penner group side of the group, they were like addressing it as a business transaction. Exactly. Now, when it came to Condoleezza Rice and Melody Hobson, 
They seemed genuinely excited (laughs) to be a part of this. Let's start with this. And I don't want to dig too deep into this, but knowing me, I probably will. I made this observation during practice because all of them were on the field today. And oh, by the way, they were all on the field on one side, on the far south side, talking to Peyton Manning, while nearly halfway across the field was John Elway. I am not suggesting they did not talk to John Elway, because I'm sure that they did. And I believe the Penners both said they liked the Broncos a lot when they were younger because they really liked John Elway. Not a knock on John Elway, but the optics were interesting. Mm -hmm. On one side, you had Peyton Manning essentially holding court on the south side of the field, and then halfway down was John Elway just watching practice. I happen to find that interesting, not a big deal. The optics were tasty to me because I don't know if John Elway will be asked to be part of the organization in any in any type of role. Maybe Peyton Manning will be, but the optics were interesting. On, mon- on Monday, I also watched John Elway on the field walking off, and I was wondering, walking off, you know, the quarterback's limp, uh, walking past the bench where his father used to sit when they were watching practice and thinking, is this one of the last times he's going to be doing this? I really don't have the answer for that. I'm sure he'll always be welcome out there. I believe he still has a role with the team. He's got a, he, do, he does have a He's title. like a consultant with the yeah. team. Right. He's no longer the team president. But it's going to change. It will, but I'm sure he'll always be invited back, and he and George Payton seem to have a terrific relationship. The other observation I had was this. I don't know if you made the same observation. When you watch the press conference today, and I'm not someone who likes to talk about jerseys. I don't care what color somebody's jersey is. I don't care about the new jerseys. Yeah, we were the, doing a jersey survey a few weeks ago, and you said you don't care about that stuff. I don't, but I, I, I did find this interesting. How was everybody dressed today? One person was dressed as a fan. Not as a fan. They were wearing the colors of the team that they own. I found it interesting that Rob Walton didn't have any orange. Carrie Penner did not have any orange. Did that bother you? I'm not. No, being... no, no. It didn't. I'm not a Broncos fan. Yeah. It did not bother me. Joe Ellis walked up there with an orange tie like yeah. he always does. To me, that says to me, either you haven't gotten caught up in the excitement of it, and I'm not suggesting that they aren't excited about owning the team, but you would think that the owners would have some sort of orange in their wardrobe to wear at a press conference. That It's not about wearing blue. That is the predominant color of the team. Predominantly so, orange, said Pat Bolin. So when I saw that Rob Walton, Harry Penner, and Greg Penner had zero orange, and then you have Melody Hobson, who basically had a Broncos necklace on, which looked fantastic, by the way, fully dressed in orange. Condoleezza Rice, who grew up a Broncos fan, had no orange on. I don't want to beat this like a drum. I'm making an observation that you would think that they would have some sort of orange on because they are now the owners of the team. Anytime that you have a player that comes here as a free agent, they usually wear some sort of something orange. They're the owners of the team. So the impression I got was after yesterday when Rob Walton said, Roger Goodell, And you just know he can't be a football fan because even casual football fans know how to pronounce Goodell. I'd like to thank Roger uh, Goodell, uh, Commissioner Goodell. It doesn't bother me at all. I I didn't say it bothered me. 
So when he doesn't even know how to pronounce the name of the commissioner, I'm not suggesting he's not going to do a great job. I'm not suggesting he's not going to spend money. I'm not suggesting he doesn't want the Broncos to win and be part of the community. But when you don't pronounce the name of the commissioner's name correctly and you don't even wear orange, you know what that says to me? You're not a fan. No, that tells me business transaction. That's what this is. It's a business transaction. It's one of the richest men in the world involved in a business transaction. He's not going to view it as a lark. As a what? A lark. He is the owner of the Denver Broncos, the crown jewel. He's the chairman of, of the region. largest company in the world. He is the owner of the Denver Broncos, and this this team means everything to this region. I just would have thought he would have had some orange in his outfit. To me, I'm sorry, that seems just a wee bit tone deaf. Okay, respectful disagreement on that point. Okay, with that... I, I also had, I thought there was one thing that was the most important, interesting comment of the entire press conference. What's that? Was when Panner said, we did first start thinking about this about 10 years ago and informally expressed that interest to the league and others, and at the time there was nothing to do. We continued the idea of, we, we, uh, con- we uh, considered the idea of other sports franchises, but if we were going to do something, we live and work in Colorado. The NFL is just an incredible platform. And the Broncos, with what they mean to this region and the su- success they had, if we were going to buy any team, this was the team. I think this has been a pseudo-done deal for nine or ten years. I think they they did their due diligence or checked into it nine or ten years ago, talked to the league about it. The mess was The ownership mess was going on already. And the Pat Boland Trust was was involved. It was just a mess, and so they they waited. They were waiting in the wings. It took a long time, but I think they've been. A, this has been on the front. This has been the most likely possibility in my mind for nine or ten years. Yeah, this is the team that they wanted. I think that's great. I'm just surprised for a team that they've wanted for the last ten years. I'm not suggesting they go out and buy a Steve Atwater jersey. <laughs> Okay, and oh, buy a Paxton Lynch jersey on sale at Walmart. Right, right, and, and and by the way, I am guessing that the PR staff, okay, when Vic Fangio comes in for his press conference, hey, coach, here's an orange tie. Mm-hmm. You don't say that to your new boss. No, you don't. Right, you you dress it. You can come in a tank top and board shorts if you want to. However, you want to dress. I just found it to be very business-like. Coming up after the break, we're going to tell you what Melody Hobson said, and then you're going to hear from Condoleezza Rice. And those two incredible women really captured the spirit of hopefully what this ownership group is, because they spoke with so much passion about wanting to be a part of this Broncos ownership group. You'll hear from Condoleezza Rice next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. 
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Mighty Plumbing Heating and Air. It is still blazing hot outside. Hope your HVAC unit is doing well. Mine crapped out last year. Called Mighty Plumbing Heating and Air. They were at my house the next day on time. They said they were going to show up at noon. They showed up at noon. Not 12.05, not 12.10, at noon. A lot of contractors, they show up when they feel like it. Not Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Also, they gave me a great price. Got the best product out there called Rudd. Love that they work with great companies that get me the best product. I couldn't have been any happier with everything that they did. And oh, by the way, I had a problem in my bathroom, and I said to the guy who was doing my air conditioning unit, uh, can you look at, in my bathroom real quick? He goes, sure. And my first thought was, well, he does plumbing, too. Now, it's mighty plumbing, heating, and air. But I didn't realize until later that uh, Kevin, the owner, trains his guys to do everything. Great one-stop shopping. Couldn't be any happier. There's a reason why they have nearly 1,000 five-star Google reviews. A 1,000 people cannot be wrong about this company. You can't get three people to agree on toppings on a pizza. More or less a 1,000 people to say, this place is the best out there. Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Check them out at MightyPH.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. So as we talked about in the previous segment, I, I personally felt, and nothing wrong with it, it was very businesslike from Rob Walton and Kerry Penner and Greg Penner. They said all the right things, and I believe them. I'm not suggesting that I don't. But the real enthusiasm came from Condoleezza Rice and Melody Hobson. First of all, Melody Hobson, dressed in orange, pretty much from head to toe, a necklace that said Broncos on it. She seemed so incredibly genuine, emotional, excited to be part of this organization, talking about being part of an ownership group that has succeeded her wildest expectations, talked about how she can relate to the players with similar upbringings, spoke glowingly about the other partner, Sir Lewis Hamilton, who she refers to as her little brother, and now she calls him Sir Little Brother. My chosen little brother. That's so awesome. Sir Little Brother, and saying he will be a wonderful partner. Bringing it closer to home, Condoleezza Rice, just as excited as she spent a good part of her young years in Denver. It's great to be back in Denver. I came to Denver for the first time as a six-year-old. When my family came for my parents to go to graduate school, we returned to live here when I was 12 years old. I was taught by the Sisters of Loretta at St. Mary's Academy, on to the University of Denver twice for my undergraduate degree and my PhD. And during that period of time, Everybody who lived here had to know what the Broncos mean to this community. I'm a part of the Orange Crush generation, where you'd go into any grocery store or any restaurant, and there were all of those Orange Crush cans piled up with Reuben Carter or Louis Wright peering over them. And of course, the tradition would continue with the great Stanford man, John Elway, and Peyton Manning and others 
This is a great tradition, a great heritage of winning. But the goal now is to build on that heritage and that tradition. I think the St. Mary's Academy nuns made sure that Condoleezza Rice and her classmates wore orange on game days or on the Friday before game days. Even the nuns? Yes, I think they probably did. So instead of going in, now I'm Jewish, so excuse me if I'm speaking out of turn. No, they probably didn't wear orange. Okay, just checking. Okay. I'm not sure either. But she did, she, uh, did a very good job in touching the emotion, touching on the emotion of that 77 Orange Crush Broncos team. Somebody ought to write a book about that, by the way, and uh, might try to get her one. But it was a very emotional time in Colorado. It was a coming of age in the state, and she was here for it. And I think she, so she knows how much more the Broncos can be than football. And that showed in her voice. And she has a job now, too. I mean, she's now at the Hoover Institute at Stanford, so she's not going to be... sitting around with nothing to do to come in and deal with the Broncos, but she's going to be a very influential voice as, as a, as a fan and as somebody who's seen so much more important things in life to understand that this is a change of pace for all of us. I'll repeat kind of what I said, but let me spin it differently. I think Condoleezza Rice and Melody Hobson with the things that they said connected mm-hmm. with Broncos country. Yeah, they probably, whether did. you're talking about Louie Wright or, or for Melody Hobson, whether she's talking about the players, how she can relate with backgrounds. Mm-hmm. The Penners have spent a lot of time here. I think they they said all the right things, yes, but, it they seemed, did. but it seemed marks. but it seemed very scripted. Yes, because okay. he said he's almost almost word for word some of the things he said coming out of that meeting room in Bloomington. What I would have liked to have heard, because the Penners have spent a lot of time here, I remember watching Peyton Manning in that 2013 <laughs> Super Bowl run and how they had the best offense in league history. That kind of stuff, while it is scripted, connects. There is emotion there. I remember when Mike Shanahan did this. To me, there wasn't a disconnect, but there wasn't a connection. With Rice and Hobson, there was a connection. And the other thing you can talk about, about the uh, the Walton and Hobson, the Walton and and Panner families, is that, in 2013, they were already talking about the Broncos. They, they were could, already looking at that team as they possibly might be. They could have they couldn't have, that they, they couldn't, yeah, They couldn't have imagined being outbid. I think the Broncos and the NFL knew that they wouldn't ever be outbid if they jumped in. The point is, if they were thinking about it 10 years ago, they could have woven that in. You connect yourself with the fans, and I know you think I'm overreacting by this, but... I'm not suggesting that Rob Walton shows up in an orange suit, okay, <laughs> with a ruffled shirt. Taking over the barrel. However, if he shows up in an orange tie, it's about connecting. You are the owners. And I love the word that, they, that most of them used. They are the stewards of this franchise. It has been passed down now. It's, it's a public Pat entity. Bowling. It's almost a public entity. Right. With that, Greg Penner, who's going to be the CEO, says he's going to hire a team president, and the ownership group has no interest in making any football decisions on or off the field, like personnel decisions. He said, quote, we are big believers in empowering people. We are not going to be calling plays or drafting players. We will not be making football decisions. One reason why I wanted to bring that up was, as this ownership search was going on, you had told me you were concerned about who the owners would be and would they be a Dan Snyder or a Jerry Jones? Do you feel 
better about hearing this from Greg Penner? It's more. Re- I think it's more reassuring than it is a relief because it seemed as if this this would be kind of the bent of the operation in the first place. That just going into it thinking that that's that's how they would operate. You know, they own the the family owns the biggest company in the world. Uh, they delegate authority to people all over the place, and I think they understand that this is an important way to operate without being intrusive. I would like to go back though to like see what Dan Snyder said the day he took over the Washington, then the Redskins. I think sometimes, you know, the, the best laid plans go awry when emotion gets involved. I don't think it will. And in, and in that sense, what you're talking about, that lack of, of kind of giddy enthusiasm for owning a team is what leads to maybe being involved or being intrusive. I, I don't see that happening here. If they're looking at it as a business, I think they understand that it's counterproductive for them to meddle and to deal with people or get in the way of people they trust and they have empowered. You have lived here for a huge part of your life. Yes. I moved here in 2004. And when I moved here, I knew how important the Broncos were to this community. I remember watching them in the 1980s because when I watched the Bears at the noon game in the central time zone at (laughs) 3 o'clock, at 3 o'clock, it was usually John Elway on my television. I knew, basically, I, I knew who a lot of the guys were, but the guys I remembered the most were Elway and Mecklenburg. Mm-hmm. Those were the guys that I knew. But the day that I got here, and even before I got here, I made phone calls to people. I was very fortunate to be the main sports anchor when at Fox 31 when Ron Zapolo was the main news anchor. Mm-hmm. Talk about a guy who was a wealth of knowledge. And I remember sitting in his office multiple, multiple times, picking his brain about the history of the Denver Broncos. He wrote the foreword to my book, 77. I wanted to know the history of this team, not just what was happening currently. I wanted to make sure that when I went on air, people felt I was one of their own. It's not that I was a Broncos fan, but I understood the history of this team. So going back to this press conference today, you listen to Condoleezza Rice. She connected she, because she knew the history of this well, team. She had dated Rick Upchurch. She had also babysat for Haven and Joyce Moses. Okay. So she was kind of not on the inside of the team, but she was more than a she was more than a casual fan. Right. But she didn't have to bring any of that up. I'm glad that she did. Melanie Hobson talked about connecting with players with similar upbringings. This is not, and and you and I have joked about this, this is not the Walton, Penner, Rice, Hobson, Hamilton group. Lucas. There's a reason, not Lucas. Well, he's kind of, I put him in parentheses when I list the group. There is a reason why it is billed and only billed, and this is not up for debate. It's the Walton, Penner group. That's how it's, that that is how it is billed. Not, Not Rice, not Hobson, not Lucas, not Hamilton. My point is, the three main parties or the three main people, they, they didn't connect. They said all the right things. It felt very, because the Penners have been here for so long, and they, I believe they have a house here in the Denver area, yes. yeah, it would have felt that. better if you're a fan. Because really, this is I could I could care less who the owners are. But, but Pat, the fans care. Pat Mullen was not a particularly bubbly personality, and I'm sure that I don't remember his initial press conference when he took over the team. But I'm guessing he could have said some of the same things. He could have. This Canadian oil guy. 
Right. But the question is, how often will we see Rob Walton at games? Will he be on the sideline in a fur coat? I doubt it. Now, maybe Kerry might be in a fur coat, but I doubt Rob will be. (laughs) It just feels, I think they're going to do great things. It just feels like a business transaction in which the family wanted to have have a fun toy. That's how it feels to me from those three. Now, for Penner, Greg Penner, he is going to be here certainly more often. Seems like a sharp guy, really sharp guy. And you and I talked about this as well. And let's get into this. Boy, does he know how to handle himself in a press conference? Because he was asked questions that he knew that were coming. And let me get to those. He was asked about what role is Manny potentially going to have? What role is Elway going to potentially have? Is Russell Wilson going to get a new contract? Are the Broncos going to get a new stadium? This guy's media savvy. And honestly, he answered every question the right way, which was essentially, while he didn't use these words, too early. I'm noncommittal about it. I'm not going to get into that. Right. Smart. Very smart. I mean, he stood in front of like worldwide, worldwide gatherings involving the largest company in the world. Bright guy. In front of, in front of all those people, some of the most moneyed people in the world and handled himself well there. And he obviously learned from that. I thought it was, you know, the, the, the deal with Russell Wilson's contract, it was interesting that he and, he and Kerry had run into Russell Wilson when they were doing a due diligence trip after the trade. That was kind of interesting that they had run into him in the hall. By the way, do you think it's an accident that Russell Wilson's agent was at practice today? <laughs> no, I don't think it's an accident. And you know what, honestly? Oh, what's the hurry? The benchmarks for Russell Wilson's type type of quarterback keep going up every year. So why why should Russell Wilson be in a big hurry to get to get that five five year two hundred and fifty million dollars? Because, deal? It's, because the it's security. If the benchmarks keep going up. If he has confidence that he's going to be dynamic and have a great season and slide up kind of the, the pecking order of quarterbacks, he, the, the benchmarks will be up and he'll get even more money if he waits a year and, and goes into the final year of his contract or before the final year of his contract and then, and then signs a new I deal. I think it was smart for Wilson's agent to be there today. I really hope he didn't bring up Wilson's contract. It would have been an inappropriate time. Today is about the Penners, the Waltons, Condoleezza Rice, Melody Hopps. Like me asking Stan Kroenke about, about Comcast? Yes. Yes. Today is about them. It's about them. Don't, don't put yourself into the story. I hope he showed up and said, hey, just wanted to introduce myself. My name is so-and-so. I'm Russell's Wilson agent. I know that we'll be talking down the road, but I wanted to fly out here to introduce myself and End of conversation, unless you want to talk about the ages of your kids and where they go to college. Every time the, the stadium is brought up with Penner so far, he says the same thing. We have 10 years left on our lease. And we He's right. Great, we have a great relationship with the stadium district. He's right. And there's nothing else to say. Why should he? They're not going anywhere. Now, they could break the lease. There, there was another, and I'll give credit to my friend Darren, who works at another radio station. He brought up a great question, mm-hmm. which was, and I believe it was Darren, who said... Do you believe more in public financing yes. or private financing? Great question. Buffalo, I think he used Buffalo as the, as the right. uh, public right. financing. And then yeah. he, used, he used private financing with the cousin, Stan Kroenke. Brilliant question. Because the assumption is the Waltons are going to pay for the entire thing. But again, savvy guy, smart guy. He knew, uh, Talking about Greg Penner, knew how to avoid the question. The best I've ever seen in a press conference. 
ever seen it. You ask him a question, and this is how he'll answer it. To ask me any question, I'm going to be Mike Shanahan. Ask me any question about football. So, Mike, are you going to throw the ball on third and long? I love hot dogs with relish. That's who he was. He could take any question that you asked and answer it the way he wanted Hard. to. And Penner did the same thing. That, And I'm in the media. I want a great answer. But I understand why you don't want to give an answer about something that's potentially 10 Well, and away. part of that is the mechanics of the news conference. When you don't have in that situation, you usually have to give the microphone up after asking your question. Mm-hmm. You can't ask a follow-up No, there question. were people who asked follow-ups. There were? There were. But at the end of the day, to me, there's a time and a place for that. To, again, you don't want a badger? No. I ask tough questions, so do you. There, there are more than a few people in the Denver community, in the media community, that ask tough questions. This is not the setting to be confrontational. You just met these owners. Don't be that guy where you're <laughs> making yourself the story. Okay. Would, have been, would it have been impolite? Okay, I'm going to ask you a media question. Would, have, would it have been impolite to ask, what is everybody's up on this dais? What's their equity in the team? That would have been incredibly inappropriate. You think so? Yes, because you might as well say, how much are you worth? How much money do you make? I th- I think that would have been incredibly inappropriate, and I think people would have rolled their eyes. You're probably, I hope you, you wouldn't have asked. No, this. I wouldn't. No, you're oh. right about that. But what I'm saying is I want some enterprising reporter out there, young or otherwise, with a lot of energy. I can remember times when I've been sitting in Secretary of State's office pouring through documents, working on investigative stories. I'd like to see somebody out there who finds out what the timetable, what was going on in those last nine years after those initial meetings, and really how much of a fait accompli was a sale uh, years ago, or a, a de facto sale years ago. And then I also want to know how much everybody ha- everybody's interest in the franchise is. I, That's not impolite to ask. I think that the role of the media is to be a watchdog on the mm-hmm. powerful. Yes. Specifically, absolutely in politics. Yes, but I don't think the public has the right to know. It does not. Are you at least curious about who who has how much it, how well, much of an equity stake in the? Franchise? I don't care, and I'll tell you why. Because there are three people who are the majority owners, and it doesn't matter if somebody has one percent, five percent, or ten percent. At the end of the day, they don't get the final say. That's Correct. all that matters. So it doesn't matter what the percentage. It's irrelevant. So 5%, 10%, 15%. There's a majority owner, minority partners. All I care about is who makes the final decision. I'm curious about it at least. Well, okay. Meaning, and I'm shaking my head because maybe there's a part of me that's glad that you weren't at the press conference. <laughs> I would not to, have to put yourself I would in that not, position. I, I would not have asked that question. Coming up after the break, you're going to hear from Lloyd Cushenberry as the Cowboys get ready to come to town. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wild Card Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products, Twitter feed, at tfry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's trending? 
presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. Day 13 of training camp is in the books. One more to go as the Cowboys are going to be in town tomorrow following practice today. I had a chance to catch up with the guy who's in the center of the offense, Lloyd Cushenberry. A lot of days hitting each other, 13 of them. How nice is it going to be to go up against other competition and hit somebody else? It's going to be great. Uh, been the past two weeks banging on each other, uh, but it's finally you know, a chance to go against another team. and It's a good team with that. Got a good defense, so it should be a good challenge for us. Has uh, Hackett talked to you guys about, hey, Let's make sure this doesn't get out of hand. Let's make sure we have good practices. Oh, yeah, that's that's the main focus. You know, we're not trying to come out here and start fights. So obviously, we want to be physical and, and show, you know, what type of team we are. But we want a uh, productive, you know, efficient practice. So it's going to be, you know, we all pros. So we'll be pros and have a good practice. The way Hackett has put together practices is kind of new age, making sure you guys stay fresh. Cowboys are not that way. Yeah. Okay. Is this almost like an early test to see which system works better? Uh, I mean, I guess you can look at it that way, but we don't we don't really you know see it that way. It's uh, two two good teams you know coming together to compete, get some work in before Saturday's game. You know they have their philosophies over there, we have ours, so you know I'm sure they're both they both work. Okay, this having nothing to do with the Vic Fangio regime, but 13 days in, I'm guessing you guys are wiped and exhausted. Yeah. What is the difference with how you feel? What is the difference with how you have prepped? Because there are differences. Yeah, uh, you know, like you seen today, it was kind of a walk-through tempo, jog-through. Now we're going in and have a, what we call a region day. We have to do two mandatory uh, recoveries. So, you know, this time last year, it would have felt a lot different, all of, all of our bodies, because we're just banging so much and full pads so much. But, uh, you know, it's, it's different type, you know, younger coaches, you know, younger new school type philosophy. But you know, I feel like we, we love it, and uh, we appreciate Coach Hackett for believing in this type of thing. What is on the menu for Regen Day, and what kind of things do you gravitate towards? Well, we got we got yoga over there in the indoor. We got uh, massage therapies all day. Uh, we can do hot tub, cold tub, steam room, which is probably my favorite. I do it every day. So steam room and uh, any type of recovery in the training room. So there's a whole bunch of things you can do. You can go in the weight room, get extra lift, anything you want. So uh, I usually stick to steam room, maybe a uh, cold tub. Literally and figuratively, there's probably no one closer to you on this team than Russell Wilson's hands. How are his hands different on you in spots that most guys shouldn't touch on you? What's the difference between Russell and Teddy and Drew? I mean, uh, you know, when they're under center, it's kind of the same. Uh, some, they may get a little deeper than others. Russ kind of, it's not really that. For me, personally, I have pretty long arms, so you don't have to really get too deep in there. I know that sounds weird, but, uh, I mean, it's not, no really change under center. Uh, the only thing, you know, Russell likes uh, to get the ball in a certain way, so I'll have to give him the stripes. Uh, first, so that's probably the only difference. Yeah, kind of knowing that you're bending over, you're talking about another guy, and you use the word deep. That probably didn't come out right, nah, did it? No, no, no. You know what I meant. <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant. What has been the transition for you between year one and year two in terms of your growth, physically, mentally, playbook? I think it's, it's, this transition has been great. Uh, obviously, year one was tough because, you know, no excuses, but I mean, the pandemic, pandemic when I got drafted, 
no OTAs, barely in the training camp. So I was just thrown in there and started 16 games. And then last year, it was kind of a regular offseason, but we still had to deal with COVID. Didn't have a full OTA, still had the distractions off the field with COVID, um, you know, during camp. And But year two, I feel like I progressed as the year went on. And now going into year three, I feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, I feel like I found my voice throughout the team, throughout the old line room. And uh, you know, definitely on the field. So I feel great, and it's, it's great to have Russ and uh, being being up there to protect. And what I meant was year one, year two, two year three. Let's look at the guys next to you now. Miners is pretty much new to your right. You have Dalton on your left. Is there a difference between those guys? Uh, not really. Uh, we we spent a lot of time together. Uh, Miners played a lot. Dalton, we've been playing for the last two years, so. Uh, they're very similar, but also different in their own ways. Um, you know, the communication's been great, and I mean, both of them, both those guys are, are doing good, so it's been it's been smooth. Football guys can get pretty stinky, and then you have miners in there with the belly show. And I mean, do you ever look at him and say, "Dude, can you pull that down? Because you're killing me." Nah, man, we just let it let it hang. That's him. You know, that's his. It's a trademark. That's what he's known for since he got drafted. So you, know, you can't take that away from him. You know, I don't know if you know this, but. You know, with with a Buddha, you want to rub the belly for good luck. Do you even want to go anywhere near that? Nah, nah I'll stay away from that. Too sweaty. <laughs> Too sweaty for me. I'm glad you didn't directly ask him to compare the the uh, the hands of Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke taking this taking the snap. Well, if you think about it, uh, Kenny Pickett has the smallest hands, so it probably <laughs> would have bothered him the least. And I got to tell you right now, I'd rather have Russell Wilson than Kenny Pickett. Because all we would be talking about is hand size. The other thing I was thinking about as he was talking was when, when he talked about Regen Day, it sounded like a brochure for a country club, spa, and health club. We talked about that the other yes. day. I said yes. he's doing things, talking about Hackett, differently than other teams. Again, it's like going to Canyon Ranch down in Arizona. You have, you have a menu of items that you can choose from, but I like the fact that Hackett says you need to choose two. And there are benefits to doing active release technique or cryotherapy machine. But he wants these guys to keep their bodies fresh. I do think tomorrow, and we'll talk to Cody Rourke, our insider, our Broncos insider from AllySports.com, you know, is this going to be a referendum tomorrow? Cowboys do it old school with McCarthy, and it's new school with, with Hackett. I'll be curious to see when these two teams clash for one day. And by the way, I, I've been told that one reason why it's only one day is McCarthy hates <laughs> Joint practices. The referendum will be the 17 games of the regular season. No question. But we could get an early taste of yeah, it that's tomorrow. True. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it? A certain star linebacker is uh, requesting a trade. Unhappy with contract negotiations. Is this a guy that George Payton and the Broncos should be looking to uh, maybe bring in to their locker room? That's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can't reach us. On the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. 
If you're looking for the wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at themckenziefirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, Bears linebacker Roquan Smith is frustrated with contract negotiations with Chicago and has requested a trade. The Broncos were mentioned in speculation about possible interested teams. The Ravens also among the teams listed. Uh, Is the trade request more of a contract maneuvering strategy or do you think he really truly wants out? It's a 100% contract maneuvering strategy. And the Broncos, at least, though, should check in and see what it might take to get him. Because we'll see how comfortable the Broncos will be going with Josie Jewell and Jonas Griffith at inside linebacker. I'm going to give you a totally different take on this. I don't think it's 100% just negotiations. Uh, the Bears are a terrible franchise. Yes. They're poorly run, and they're not good. I, I can't imagine why he would want to stay with that franchise. But... Is it a... If he's going to get paid there, though. If it's a ploy to try and get out, I I couldn't agree with you more. He wants his money, but I can't imagine he wants that money with the Bears. Will he take that money if he gets it? Of course he's going to take it. As far as the Broncos go, the Broncos have nothing to to give. They've already given their draft capital. They've already given it away. He at least asks. He at least asks you what could be on the table and at least get into the... Get into the conversation. You, you can, at least ask. You can ask, but it's going to cost you at least a first-round draft pick that they're they not going to have for a couple of years and then some seconds. George Payton has said he wants to get more draft picks. They're not, they can ask, but the point is they don't have even close to enough capital. And though, by the way, that's just the beginning because he's going to want a big, fat contract. Don't blame him. He's one of the best inside linebackers in the game. How in the hell are they going to afford him knowing they're about to pay Russell Wilson, over $250 million. And when you say afford him now, we're not talking about the financial wherewithal of the ownership anymore. We're talking about the cap. Yes. They're not going to be able to afford him because you have Russell Wilson's contract and then everything else. Mm -hmm. I mean, he will easily be the second highest paid player on the team. And you have two huge contracts like that. That's going to be tough to swallow. They don't have the draft capital to do it. Uh, So I I think this is a completely dead issue. But you least check. You can check. You, you could always check if you want to. But at the end of the day, the Bears are going to want a whole bunch of draft picks. And right now, the Broncos have five next year. And they don't have a first. And they don't have a second. And and those picks are worth a lot more than a first and a second the following year. So you'd have to give up even more in 2024. Russell Wilson and Nathan McKinnon should have the same agent. Why is that? Because they're both talking about reading. They're both talking about extensions. Right. Not immediate contract. Well, Nathan McKinnon has earned it because looking, he gave team-friendly deals in the past. Seven, seven years, $6.3 million a year. And with all due respect to Russell Wilson, uh, you can make the case that Nathan McKinnon is a top-five player yes. in the NHL. He is a, he is a top-five player. Russell Wilson is not a top-ten player in the NFL. But he's on that quarterback hierarchy where, I'm with you. where the 
five years, $250 million is about the right range. And he he is absolutely going to get that. He will be the highest paid quarterback in the league the day he signs that contract. Two weeks later, he probably won't be. If you were if you were Russell Wilson's agent, when, when would you recommend he actually closes a deal? Now. You think so? He's going to want See, one. I'd wait a little bit because, it, as I said, if, if he has any kind of a year and can prove that he's – He's still got a lot left in the tank. He's going to get a lot more than five years to $250 million. At the end of the day, what's the difference between 250 and 270 Nothing. What? So you can't take care of your great, 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 great grandchildren? We say that. You can say that about every athlete involved in contract negotiations. At what point is too much? You want to make sure you have that guaranteed money in the bank. Once you sign it, you're going to get it. And no, by the way, has two years left on his deal. He will play out this year's deal. Mm-hmm. He will play out this year's deal. Then they will rip up the deal and then start the new contract to start the 2023 season. I agree with you 100% on that. But why are we bugging like Greg Penner so much about Russell Wilson's contract if it's not going to if it's, if it's not going to be uh, handled for at least another year? No, it'll be it'll be done. I think by the end of the season. Okay, I'm It'll thinking. Be- I'm thinking they'll wait until till that off season. They might, but I think it, I, I, if I had to guess, I wouldn't put big money on it. But I think they will try and get something done during the season. But the most salient point he's to not me going is, anywhere anyway. Yeah. So to me, the most salient point is that there's no rush. And, you can make and, that case. And we're hearing talk about it as if it, there is a rush, like he's going to go somewhere. Well, m- media likes to do that, but we all we all know. That Russell Wilson did not come here without the knowledge that the Broncos were going to offer him a new deal. You want to get the money when you can. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to get, I don't know, two hundred million guaranteed, why not take it now? Why not? I mean, what what if he blows out his knee and then suddenly he's done? Mm-hmm. Might as well get it now. His value has never been higher as of right now. Get it done. There's no difference between two fifty and two seventy. You know, fifty years ago. There was probably a difference between, uh, you know, seven, uh, seventy thousand a year and two hundred thousand dollars a year in terms of percentage. With these percentages being that high, I don't think it makes a difference. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, you can walk into any store, Terry. I don't know if you know this. You could try out any appliance before yeah. you buy that. Did you, you know can? that? You and Helen can walk in and try out a Viking range. You can do anything you want because you have hundreds of appliances ready for you to try out. That's pretty cool. You can't do that at the big box stores. I mean, you try to. They'd be like, what are you, nuts? Well, they might say that to you anyway, even (laughs) if you ask them to try out an appliance. Mount High Appliance, you can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, you are going to hear from Melody Hobson. Boy, loved what she had to say at the press conference. We will talk about everything that was said today. If you are worried about Greg Penner and um, Rob Walton, and Kerry Penner being meddling owners, you're going to like what they had to say as well. That's next. Right,